Yeah, buddy. Here we go, y'all. Here we go. Episode 8 of the Scrap Cave. We are back. We are knee-deep in the bubble playoffs. Baseball is inching closer and closer and closer to the playoffs. The deadline has passed. And man, 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 was my dark horse active during the motherfucking trade deadline. We're going to get into that. And basketball, by the way, the Celtics just busted that ass. The Raptors are now down 2-0. They're not going to get swept. But I tell you what, they ain't winning four in a row before the Celtics get two. I'm going to tell you that right now. So Celtics going to the conference finals and my predicament is looking pretty good. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Let's see. We're about to get it popping with this big game seven with the Nuggets and the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell. And my man Jamal Murray about to treat us to something just just straight poetic in this last game. That's my feeling. That's my feeling. But right now, we're about to jump into it with some bum-ass football. Bum-ass football. All right. So, as of today, late news cycle hour, the Big Ten and President Trump met. Now, we're not getting political on here. I'm just saying Trump. Should have some more important shit to be worrying about, discussing, figuring out policy-wise, pandemic-wise, than having a damn conversation with a college football conference. But hey, that's what goes to show you that college football is a business, and he's trying everything he can to make sure that his base is happy and football is back, and people are mind-numb to what's going on. So from a strategic standpoint, that makes complete sense to him, so shout out to that. Hopefully the Big Ten doesn't go back on their word, but it looks ever so slightly that the Big Ten is going to open their borders, so to speak, at some point. And I think they're going to end up playing, guys. And I think if they end up playing, then it's going to be real interesting to see what the Pac-12 does. So we'll keep an eye on that in the next few days. But I feel like that tide may be turning and the Big Ten may may actually cave in, man. They're not just getting pressure from Trump. They're getting pressure from you know, the Ohio States of the world who have a legit chance. Of winning the national championship. And they're ranked number two in the nation. Even though they're not playing. Which is completely disrespectful. To be ranked even though you're not playing. But I guess that was kind of like poking the bear a little bit. To get them back in the game. So I guess, you know, good job NCAA. You're really still proving that you're the douchebag of society. Way to go. Way to go. NFL news. We are nine days before the official kickoff. Chiefs. Texans? Chiefs Texans, is that right, engineer? Can you fact check me on that? What the first game is? But anyway, we've got the first game coming up. But we've had a flurry of interesting moves as of late. Leonard Fournette was cut finally by the Jaguars. I feel like that was two years in the making. But it finally happened. They took a little bit of a cap hit. He cleared waivers today. Nobody picked them up. So... From a non-fantasy perspective, it's going to be super interesting to see who picks him up because I still think that he's obviously still in his prime. He didn't really get run down in Jacksonville. I think they're trash of an organization uh, after they made that run and got to the uh, conference finals against the Pats. Um, I think it all went downhill from there. Coughlin goes. You know, they don't know what's going on with their quarterback situation. They sign Foles. Then, you know, they get the full Manchu that comes in. 
and he balls out. All of a sudden, Foles is gone. So I kind of get it. They got rid of everybody else. They also traded their DN, best pass rusher in the game. He's now gone. So, I mean, it was just the writing was on the wall to begin with. Hopefully, Fournette lands on his feet and does some damage. And also, shout out to everybody who already did their fantasy football drafts and reacted in real time. Drop Leonard Fournette. Good job to you guys. You're going to regret it. Shout out to those guys that were right up on that waiver wire and picked them up right away. Kudos to everybody all around. Big ups to the Giants, man. I don't really like to give the Giants too much credit here. But way to go signing Logan Ryan. Way to go. I like the signing. I think he's a super productive person, player. He fits the culture. You got Judge down there trying to bring his Patriots way to New York. God knows New York Giants can you know can use all the help they can, but I think it's a great signing for the defensive side of the ball because those guys have to be better than they were last year. Uh, they made a good trade with the Jets for at least potential in a player in Williams. Um, so we're going to see how this plays out for them, but I really like the signing. It's very Patriot-like, which makes sense considering who the head coach is. And if it helps, my man Saquon Barkley be productive, and not get slave worked as a running back because you know a running back shelf life is super 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 short then i'm all about it and all for it my las vegas raiders man and i don't say that because it's my team my team's the 49ers but but i do like john gruden huge fan of him love Derek carr josh jacobs of alabama balled out his rookie year but their offense took a huge blow, man. Huge blow. Losing Terrell Williams for the year. Surgery on a shoulder. He's gone. Now that Henry Ruggs, the third draft pick, is looming really big because they passed over on CJ Lamb. You passed up on Higgins from Clemson. You even passed up on Judy, who was from Alabama as well, who was a much better receiver, used a lot. Bigger guy, taller receiver. You went for the speed. So now we're going to see if the Raiders made the right decision or if they're going to eat a lot of regret because there's not a lot of guys out of free agency right now unless they're going to try the whole Antonio Brown thing again, which I highly doubt considering how much of a shit show that was. But it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. We're getting ever, ever, ever so close to kickoff. Good luck to everybody that's doing their fantasy football drafts this weekend and in the coming days since the game starts on the 10th. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad I was wrong to this point. Both football-wise and baseball-wise, I still don't think the NCAA should be playing any games because those guys are not professional athletes. And if they're going to be paid to play, then then they should play. If they're not going to be paid to play, then they should cut that shit out and treat them like the rest of the student body and send their asses home and have virtual classes. But that's neither here nor there. It's going to happen. Season's going to go on. The big story is to see what happens with the Big Ten. I think they cave, man. I think they cave. I hope they do. I hope they do. And I hope Trump still loses the election. Because it's a double whammy. We get four out of the five power conferences to entertain our minds. And Trump gets to sit at home and tweet about how he helped do that. But he's not the president anymore. Oh my God, that'd be great. Please sign me up for that. Please sign me up for that. But we'll be back. NBA playoffs in full effect. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about my Padres, man. I can't wait to talk about my Padres. My Yankees are up 2-0 right now. DJ LeMayhew is out here 
doing a damn thing with home runs. Shout out to Garrett Cole being a shell of himself the last two games and last two starts, man. He's just love giving up home runs. But we'll get into that and more after this message from Silence. Because we still ain't got no sponsors. This some bullshit. Tired of this bullshit. We need some sponsors, yo. We need some sponsors. Damn it. Come on, Terramana, The Rock. Come on, man. Come on. Anyway. Baseball. Deadline has come and gone. By far, the biggest winners. My dark horse. I think I've mentioned them on every podcast now. And now I will continue to mention them every podcast until the playoffs are over. The San Diego Padres, y'all, were the movers and the shakers of the deadline. Acquiring nine different players. Sending six players in a Clevenger deal. Fantastic deal, by the way. And why? Was it a fantastic deal? Because they didn't sacrifice any of their top five pitching prospects. At all. At all. They gave away a bunch of people that were blocked on the major league level anyway. Because your infield is completely set now with the rookie, Cronenworth, Killing at second base. You got Machado doing his thing at third. Tatis Jr., the superstar of all superstars, at short. And then you got Hosmer, your big free agent signing of two years ago that started the whole thing. He knew. He knew. Talk about some foresight. My man knew. My man knew. At first base. So your infield is completely set. Your outfield is giving you exactly what you need from a defensive perspective. And offensively, you got Will Myers' Reagan. Profar starting to rake, right? And then in center field, you got Grisham, who's actually doing a great job hitting for average. Not for too much power, but hitting for average. So what do they do? They go get two frontline starters at the catching position. You get Castro to help work with the young pitchers, right? Beautiful move. Absolutely beautiful move. And then... On top of that, you get the hands-down best pitcher on the market who needed to go after the debacle in Cleveland with the whole COVID scare and breaking the team rules, etc., etc. Did they give up a lot from a player perspective number-wise? Absolutely. Will a lot of those players help the Indians? Definitely. 100% definitely because the Indians are a great organization. They develop their players extremely well. So those players will be extremely beneficial and helpful. But they sent them to the American League. So they don't have to see them unless they get to the World Series at some point against each other in the future. Right? So you don't lose anything there. Again, those guys were blocked from coming up on the Major League roster. Their value is probably never higher. Had they played more games, had they had the minor league season this year, their value may have dipped depending on if they struggled the season or not. So you were able to put them in a trade because they were attractive from the last time that the Indians had seen them. And you get Clevenger now, who now goes to the top of your rotation. Right, So you got him at the top, and then on the back end, you got Quantrell on the top end, you got him, and on the back end of that rotation, you got Paddock and Lamette. Right, So those are your top three starters. Now you still have Gore, Mackenzie Gore, down in the minors, who you can bring up this month. He's probably going to get called up this month. Right? He's top guy in your minor league system, and then you still got two or three other pitchers that are in your top five prospects. So you didn't sacrifice your future. For the right now. 
and you're right now is fucking popping. Fucking popping. So they are out here, y'all. They're going for it. I'm excited for it. You should be excited for it as well. The White Sox were a little disappointed to me at the deadline. I thought they were going to do a little bit more. They really much. Wow, they really much. Damn. Every fucking podcast, I put together two words that got no business being together. Fucking ridiculous. What? At least my voice hasn't cracked yet, so shout out to that. But the White Sox didn't do much of anything. Can't really blame them. They also have a really good farm system. All their studs that they bought up are raking up in the major league level. And they're doing their thing. The Yankees, I didn't expect them to do much. Half our damn team is on the I.L. They're not going to give up prospects for short-term returns. We're not going to rent players, even though we were rumored to be in on Marte. But I was kind of hoping we didn't get him anyway, because I didn't want to pay another person's salary next year, considering we're still paying Jacoby Ellsbury until that shit gets situated. And Stanton, that's going to be the worst contract. I'm going to keep saying that, because he's never going to play more than... 20 games in a damn season, it seems like. And then, of course, Judge, who we're not even going to get into that damn thing. So everybody else pretty much stayed pat. Tampa Bay sent away a bat that they didn't need to get something that I'm sure they'll be able to use because Tampa Bay never just gives away players for nothing, and they have a hell of a developmental system as well. Plus, they still have their number one prospect and shortstop in the minors, Franco, just waiting to get called up, and boy, is that man going to be a beast when he comes up. So here's where we are currently in the standings. Tampa Bay is tops of the American least still. Four and a half games up on my Yankees. Five and a half games up on the Toronto Blue Jays, who also picked up another pitcher at the deadline to help solidify that rotation because they're going for the wild card. Looks like they should make the, the uh, one or two of the wild card positions since eight teams making it from the AL this year. In the Central, my dark horse of the American League. The Chicago White Sox are officially in first place, a game up on the Cleveland Indians, who still have Francisco Lindor, so they should be in it down the stretch, and we're coming down the stretch of the 60-game season. The Twins in third place, two and a half games out. They didn't do anything major at the deadline, so they're extremely comfortable with their lineup, both pitching staff and their starting uh, nine, so we'll see how that plays out for them. American League West. Oakland A's are two and a half games up on the Houston Astros. The rest of that division is still trash. And my weekly podcast shout out goes to the Los Angeles Angels, who are still comfortably in last fucking place. Mike Trout, even with an expanded 16-game playoff, you'll be watching, which is a good thing because you get to spend time with your new baby. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to that contract. And congratulations to the rest of society not getting to enjoy the best player in the game in the fucking playoffs. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Trout. Trash. Trash decision. National League. Atlanta Braves, y'all. Three games up on who? Miami Marlins. Who, at the deadline, did get Starlin Marte. They didn't give up anything of significance. So they still got all their young players. And I actually think that was a good move for them since they're going to pick up his option more than likely. So they'll get a year and a half out of him. One half of this season and then the full year next year, which will help their young guys, their young outfield, you know, learn some professionalism, pick up some tips, because he's a hell of a hitter, and he's by far one of the top three center fielders in the game. We'll see if he plays center field with Brunson over there, but either way, I like that move. The Philadelphia Phillies, y'all, have crept up. 
and are now tied for second place with the Miami Marlins. Who would have thunk it? At 15 and 15, the Phillies are out here making my engineer kind of proud. I don't know. He doesn't really seem too thrilled about it. I think it's because he already has the complete expectation of them sabotaging themselves at the end. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But they also did pick up another bullpen arm at the deadline. Let's see if it actually helps them. Because they blow... We up right now 6-0 against the Nationals. Oh, yeah, winning right now? Yeah. Oh, against the Nationals? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's big because Corbin started today for them, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So that's big for them. Good good job. Man. I, you know what? I really hope the Philadelphia Phillies do something. Shout out to them missing that call just now. My man Jordan Clarkson just got destroyed on a jump shot. And they didn't even call the foul. Man, man, the Nuggets... Are busting Utah's ass, man. Second quarter, 824 left as we do this podcast. And the Nuggets are 15. Damn, Donovan Mitchell, don't go out like this, yo. Don't go out like this. You're too great. You're too great the whole series. Anyway, in the National League Central, the Cubs are still three games up in the division on the St. Louis Cardinals, who did much of nothing at the deadline themselves. Milwaukee is four games from the top. One game back of the second spot, and they kept Josh Hader, so they're definitely going to go for it. And I don't blame them. They got Yelich. Why not make a run for it? Why not? And in the West, damn Dodgers, man. Four and a half games up. Listen, they're not going to give up for first place. It's not going to happen. They are by far the favorite in the National League. That team is stacked. They had to do nothing at the deadline, and they didn't because they know that that team is stacked. So... Shout out to the Dodgers, man. But I tell you what, I tell you what, they might be sleeping just a little bit more uncomfortable today. I think their pillow may be a little hot on both sides because the San Diego Padres are only four and a half games back and they're going to make the playoffs. I just went through all the trade trade deadline acquisitions they made. Their lineup is legit. Their bullpen Hopefully should be solidified with the additional moves they made. They still have pitching to call up. And their rotation is solid. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. If they can get to a best of five series and win, that team's going to play loose. They're going to play carefree with no expectations on them. I don't think that's a team that anybody wants to see in the National League. And I definitely can guarantee you that the Dodgers do not want to see them in the playoffs. Why? Because Clayton Kershaw doesn't deliver in the playoffs. Everybody knows it. He knows it. Houston Astros cheating aside. You just can't count on him in the playoffs. And I think this is his last year of opportunity to actually do something and prove it. If he doesn't do it this year, if the Dodgers don't do it this year, man, it's going to be a struggle for them moving forward, even with Mookie Betts and Bellinger and Seguir and all the young talent they got and that great farm system. I just think you can't be at the top for that long, not close the deal, and still be that confident year in and year out. With the Padres coming up, everybody else going towards youth, you got all the teams in the American League stacked. The Yankees will not continue to live on the IL season in and season out. Well, I'm just hoping that that's the case anyway. And so I think if the Dodgers don't do it this year, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be in for a lot of heartbreak in the future. But 
Baseball is interesting. We are more than halfway done. We still don't know how these games are going to be made up with the COVID situation. With all the delays they've had. I think the constant doubleheaders. Some teams playing three doubleheaders in four days. Which is a lot of baseball. Even if it is seven innings a game. I think that's going to have a toll. And an effect on each team. That isn't comfortably in the playoff position. Moving forward. So that's going to be real interesting to see. But the good news is. Baseball is powered through. They've proven me wrong. They got past 30 games. It looks like they're well on their way to going into the playoffs and having a successful playoff run as a league, which is a beautiful thing because I still think they're going to strike at the end of the year. And so for right now, at least we'll get to see some exciting baseball. And if it's half as exciting as the NBA playoffs has been in the bubble, then you know what? As a sports fan, at least we're going to get treated to something dope, whatever and however this the rest of this year plays out. If we have sports... And we get some good Netflix shows. And we keep getting some new content on everything that's not Quibi. Then at the very least, we'll have the things that have allowed us to be mentally stable during this crazy ass year. Because 2020 is fucking crazy, man. And we lost our Wakandan King. We lost John Thompson. Man, it's it's just, it's been a shit show. It's been a shit show of of an entire year, but... Hopefully sports continues to play through and give us that mental reprieve we need. But the Padres, y'all, we're going to the World Series. And by we, I mean my dark horse because I'm still a Yankees fan forever, forever. But Fernando Tartis Jr., he's doing it. He's doing it. His dad must be so proud. That's so dope. That's so dope. You were a dope player, and then your son is an even better player than you were by far. God, by far. Wow. It's exciting. It's exciting. All right. Donovan Mitchell. Just need Plumlee in the penis. That's not cool. That's not cool at all. Utah still getting blown out by 15. It's not looking good for the Jazz, yo. It's not looking good at all, y'all. But we'll be back. We'll be back. No messages. No sponsors. We'll just be back after a cute edit from my engineer. Who wears white socks. It's gross. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The ending of this Nuggets-Jazz game was absolutely everything. The game in itself was absolutely fantastic. Nuggets came out blazing. Donovan kept a minute. Nuggets pulled out to a lead that looked like it was going to finish them off. Jazz make an amazing run in the third quarter. Led by Mitchell's playmaking and defense, which ultimately wore him out in the fourth. Rudy Gobert was huge in that comeback. The last 17 seconds of this game were crazy. Jamal Murray was hurt. Both teams were gassed. Jokic was huge, huge down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Man, but that last sequence, first of all, Gary Harris Jr., welcome back. Welcome back. That man put the clamps on Donovan Mitchell. Now, granted, again, Donovan Mitchell was gassed. But Harris, hell of a defense. Hell of a defensive effort. 
Last play. Strips the ball from Mahana against Donovan. The Nuggets pick it up and unexcusably go for a layup instead of just pulling it back out and letting them foul you, hitting two free throws and going home. They miss the damn layup somehow. Gobert gets the rebound. And Conley, man, ah, oh, ah, oh, my heart breaks for that guy. Just had a baby. Played good down the stretch of this game. Had a few turnovers that were costly, but overall played well. And, man, that ball was in and out, man. That ball was halfway down. Mitchell's in the corner on the other end. They just were swinging to him. He has a wide-open three-pointer. <sighs> wow, what a hell of an ending. Hell of an ending. Hell of a series. Shout-out to Jamal Murray. Shout-out to Donovan Mitchell for entertaining us thoroughly in the first-round series for seven games, man. We greatly appreciate you. Honestly, I don't think this matters in the grand scheme of things. The Clippers are going to bust that ass either way. However, if there was a team that was going to give the Clippers at least a little bit of problems, my money would have went on the Nuggets because they have a talented, more talented roster, deeper, which they showed today. I mean, just having Jokic is, is a huge, huge, huge difference compared to only having a guard Mitchell, man. But wow, wow, my hats go off to both of those teams, man. <sighs> Can't wait for next season. Can't wait for Donovan Mitchell to continue doing what he's doing. But like I said, series is over. Nuggets move on. My prediction is five games, maybe six at the most. Clippers take this series easily, in my opinion. But highly entertaining. Highly entertaining, ladies and gentlemen. Highly entertaining. In the first game, the Celtics three-point win over the Raptors. Jason Tatum, guys, and girls, and whoever else listens to this podcast. 34 points, 42 minutes, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. The next player, Marcus Smart. 19 points. Marcus Smart. I looked this up. There are 100... NBA players currently making more money than Marcus Smart. 100 players. Talk about a fucking discount. Talk about a bargain. Danny Ainge, you're a savage. You're a savage and a hell of a GM. Celtics take a commanding 2-0 lead in my opinion. Raptors. I just, they just don't have enough, man. They don't have enough to overcome this team. Mind you, this is all being done without Gordon Hayward, who provides another ball handler, another score, another threat on the court. But they just have no answer for Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart is shooting lights out. Jalen Brown and Walker are doing their things and just adding in when they can. And shout out to Robert Williams, man. This kid... The uh, first round draft pick comes off the bench 18 minutes, gives them 11 solid points, plays great defense, protects the rim, gives them some athleticism behind their guards to finish up their drives. Is a perfect combination to what Tice gives them in the starting lineup. Toronto gets game three. 
Boston closes it out in six because I'm not going to disrespect the champions and say they only get one game in this series. I'm going to give them two. But this ain't going seven. Great night of NBA. Great, great night of NBA. Tomorrow, we're going back at it again, baby. Back at it again. Game two, Heat and Bucks. If they don't win game two, and they meaning the Bucks, they might as well pack Giannis's bags for him because he ain't signing that extension and they're going to have to trade him and get something for him. Because if they get knocked out in the second round, after not sweeping Orlando in the first round, it's over. It's absolutely over. And I tell you what, Jimmy Buckets looks like he's on a mission. Tyler Hero is not playing like a rookie anymore. Everything was done in game one without any help from Duncan Robinson, who you know is going to heat up. Bam Adebayo is Bam Adebayo. Damn, they had a triple-double in the first game. Way too athletic for anybody on the Bucks to handle. And I said this with L when we had our argument on the last podcast about the five most offensive skilled players in the league. Giannis can't shoot threes. Giannis can't shoot free throws consistently. So if you can't count on him to do one of those two things in the clutch and you can just play to that downhill Eurostep bullshit and just clog the paint which is exactly what the Heat are doing, and they're not doing it with any seven-footers or anything of that nature. They're just clogging the paint with bodies. He's getting exposed, man. He's getting exposed. They did it to him in the regular season, and they're doing it to him again in the playoffs. So I expect the Bucks to win game two. I expect the series to go five. I'll be surprised if it goes six, but it's another series to me that's not going seven games. I got the Heat taking it. And the nightcap tomorrow, we got the Thunder and the Rockets. Game 7, y'all. Thunder Rockets. Now, just like with tonight's Western Conference Game 7, I really don't think it matters who wins. Lakers are going to blow them out in the next series anyway. But, but, if the Rockets don't win this game, everybody's going in Houston. Outside of James Harden. I think the owner fires everybody. GM, Vice President of Basketball Operations, Darren Moore, you're gone. Dan Tony, you're definitely gone. He's already rumored to be on his way to Indiana no matter what. But he's definitely gone. I don't, they're going to try to move Westbrook, but that contract is disgusting. If the Thunder pull this off, Chris Paul is going to talk so much shit, I'm going to be so excited to watch him just blatantly disrespect the entire Houston Rockets team who shitted on him after he left. Didn't respect what he did while he was there. Mind you, he wasn't healthy the whole time. I want to see the Thunder win, y'all. I want to see the Thunder win just because I want to see the satisfaction on Chris Paul's face. But from an NBA fan's perspective, please give me the Rockets and the Lakers in the second round. Please give me that matchup. Sorry, in the third round, give me that matchup, please. Please, I need that in my life because I can't watch the Thunder play the Lakers. It'll be a terrible series. They'll get washed. They're probably going to get swept. And they'll just 
not be right, considering the amount of games that we've had in, a, in the bubble so far be super close, super competitive. Great execution down the stretch. Great defense, man. The refs let these guys play today, which was beautiful. No ticky-tack bullshit fouls. Not too many four- and five-step Euro steps, so thank you for that, NBA players. Thanks for keeping the traveling to a minimum. Appreciate you on that. But, man, man, exciting basketball. Exciting basketball all around. And shout-out to all the family members that are now in the bubble officially, did their quarantine, giving their players a big mental boost. All the families reunited. It's a beautiful thing. What I would like to see in the next series as more teams get eliminated, the next round that is, I would love to see the NBA allow coaches to bring their family members in, reporters to bring their family members in. I mean, come on. These people are sacrificing so much just to be there and give us coverage, give us content. Let them put their families in there, man. I get the players get to go first and they get to have first dibs, but damn, coaches are sacrificing just as much. Reporters are as well. Get everybody's families in there as it gets down to the conference finals on both ends and then the finals itself. Just let everybody in. Doesn't matter. Let them quarantine. If you wouldn't quarantine, get your ass in a bubble. Hang out. Enjoy the pool. Enjoy the slides. Enjoy everything. Go bowling. Chill out. Get on vacation. Be with your family, man. Be with your family. But shout out to the NBA. Thank you very much. You are fucking doing it for me. And for us. Collectively. Mental relaxation. Mental peace. And super excitement. I can't believe my voice didn't crack. It definitely cracked today while I was cheering. I couldn't believe that game. Man, man. I still can't believe that jazz ending, man. Still can't believe it. Still can't believe it. But shout out to them. Shout out to my Yankees getting that 5-3 dub today. We love you. We appreciate you. Rodas Chapman was back. Throwing 100 mile an hour gas. DJ LeMayhew hitting two home runs. Urshela finding the stick again. Hopefully that bat gets back to doing what it did last year. We can get on a little run here. I'll be extremely happy. Earl Thomas still not signed. Somebody cut that man a check. ASAP. Still rumors that he's going to the Cowboys. I don't care where he goes. Just go somewhere, man. Just go somewhere, anywhere. Just go somewhere. And shout out to the to ESPN. Did their top NFL players today. And somehow Aaron Rodgers was two spots behind Dak Prescott. Fucking Dak Prescott. How many playoff wins does Dak Prescott have? Didn't Aaron Rodgers throw for over 4,000 yards last year? Under seven interceptions? No? Am I bugging? Am I bugging? I'm all about the clickbait in sports. I love reading Ask Nine articles about hypotheticals and rumors and all this other bullshit. But man, come on. Facts is facts, guys. Dak Prescott over Aaron Rodgers? Fuck. If I'm fantasy football, I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers, guys. I'm just giving you that information. Not if I have the number one pick in the draft, then I'm going Pat Mahomes. I don't care what the league is. PPR, non-PPR, one quarterback, two quarterback. I don't give a fuck. Pat Mahomes all day, number one. Congratulations to Pat Mahomes, by the way. Getting engaged to his girlfriend. Now fiance. Hopefully that prenup is tight. Because that nigga rich. He rich, rich. He rich, rich. Even though it's not fully guaranteed, he's still rich, rich, y'all. So shout out to him. Shout out to everybody that was safe today. 
Got through another day. Shout out to all the people we sponsored today. Who do we sponsor today? Who did, who did I sponsor today? I sponsored Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Coming through hard with the sp- spicy Southwest salad. Also got a side of uh, clean nuggets and spicy breaded nuggets. That's for lunch tomorrow because I like to plan ahead. You said clean nuggets? Yeah, clean nuggets, you know. Boneless, skinless, nothing. Just just clean. Just like my, my head when I shave after a shower. You know what I mean? Clean. Beautiful. Shout out to Poland Springs. Keeping us hydrated today. Guys, this is the first podcast that we did not go down the rabbit hole. Completely sober, y'all. Completely sober. Detoxing. Relaxing. Getting ready for this three-day weekend. Fantasy football draft. In Ocean City, Maryland. Trying to get my engineer to come down with us. Whew, it's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. And we will be doing a podcast. We'll be going live on IG. During the draft. Saturday. Don't know what time yet. We'll let you know on Twitter. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Whew, man, I feel good. I feel good. I feel energized. Man. I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is a little weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. We got to get back to this. I need to be like at least a little bit inebriated. You know what I mean? I don't need to be intoxicated. But like, unching? No? No? All right. Well, whatever. You're clearly racist. Clearly racist. My engineer's racist, y'all. He likes white socks only. He doesn't like long walks on the beach. Racist. Damn. Well, as you know, people, once again, stay blessed. Stay safe. Mask up. My man L will be back. Shortly. Maybe. For good. Or at least consistently. That's exciting. That's exciting. So stay tuned for that. Have a great night. Love yourselves. Love each other. And stop being fake on the gram. Nobody believes your post. Nobody. We out.